0: Welcome back to another episode of the MicroConf Podcast. This is a MicroConf Tactics episode where I dive into seven new SaaS ideas you can steal. This is audio taken from one of our YouTube videos. You can head to microconf.com slash YouTube to check out and subscribe to the channel. But every week I'm putting out tactical, tight, like 10 to 12, 10 to 15 minute videos that frankly you can and probably should watch at 2x speed and we've had such a positive response to these SAS ideas videos that we're going to make them a regular series and every couple of months we're going to put out a new one again if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel we have new conference talks that come out every couple of weeks we have these tactical videos on topics building launching growing how to deal with competition how to think about marketing we're putting a lot of energy and resources into these videos and it'd be amazing if you could join the other 33,000 or so subscribers to the YouTube channel. And with that, let's dive in. In this video, I'm going to talk through seven SaaS ideas I'm surprised no one has built yet. And if you stick around till the end, I'm going to give you a special bonus idea that's not just an idea for a specific single product, but a whole way of thinking about coming up with new ideas. I'm Rob Walling. I'm a serial entrepreneur with multiple exits. I've written three books about starting companies and I've invested in more than 100 startups. I want to start by giving a shout out to the people who contributed these ideas. None of them came from me. These came from a couple different sources, Twitter, the Tiny Seed Slack, and the MicroConf Connect Slack and I am going to give credit to the folks who suggested them by name as we run through the video. And I want to give two caveats before we dive into these seven ideas. Number one, no validation has been done on any of them. I probably wouldn't take these ideas and just go out and start writing code. My first step would be to figure out which one is within my wheelhouse, and then I would start contacting folks to figure out, is there a market for this? If I build this, will people pay for it? And am I able to reach them? Second caveat, whenever I release these videos, I get a lot of folks reaching out directly to me, asking for more info, asking to want to chat with me, about how to build these out or what the needs are. In this case, it doesn't make a ton of sense because I don't really have a need for any of them. These were all suggested by third parties. And so if you want to take them and run with them, unfortunately, I won't be able to offer assistance as you build these out. Our first idea comes from Twitter user John Young Fook. And he says, opportunity for an indie hacker. My sister works in recruitment and she says there is no decent NPS tool that integrates with their ATS, which is called JobAdder and it has an open API. She's only found one tool so far and it's $800 a month, which is a bit steep for small recruitment firms. Let's take a quick pause and look at the three acronyms that John dropped in this tweet. NPS is Net Promoter Score, and it's a pretty easy survey that then calculates people's affinity for your product or your brand. Second thing is ATS, which is an applicant tracking system. And this is used in HR and people ops to accept incoming resumes and then move people through a process. And then of course, JobAdder, which has the open API. API is Application Programming Interface. It's an interesting idea. And if there are tools out there already, it shows there's a need. now. a month and up, is there room to come in at a slightly lower price while you build your brand? There just might be. Idea number two comes from John Knox and he's wind addict on Twitter. What I like about John's suggestions is they not only come with an idea, but he has names for them as well. So he says, hotness hosting. Hosting that lets you build a site easily using Markdown and also keeps you up to date with the latest web framework automatically so you never look out of date. Bootstrap isn't cool anymore, no problem. You're now on Tailwind. It's an interesting idea, but I question if you need to build an entire hosting infrastructure for this. I wonder, is there a way to build plugins or add-ons or, you know, go into the hosting provider's app store and essentially just build like a step one business that maybe could grow really interesting if that step one business is adopted by a bunch of hosting providers. But I personally would not prefer to get into the hosting game. I think it's a, you know, a pretty tough business to get into. But I do find John's suggestion clever and it certainly solves a problem. The big question is, are people willing to pay for this problem and can you find them at the scale that you would need for this idea to work? The third idea also could, comes from John Knox and he calls it Waterfell. He describes it as a modern SaaS tool for Waterfall software development projects, in particular, focused on the niche of developing medical devices. As John says, it would have robust requirements tracking, defect tracking, change control board tools, verification and validation planning and tracking, et cetera. It's an interesting idea. You know, just hearing Waterfall software project management, I think, ah, there's 100 out there that already do it. Probably 300, 500. But if you're going to focus on medical devices, is there really a tool out there that focuses on medical device development and doesn't require a kajillion dollars to have an on-prem installation? I don't know, but it might be worth a little research and a few conversations. I want to jump in here and let you know that when I asked for these ideas, I didn't say who has interesting software ideas. I said, what ideas do you wish existed in this world? If I were a startup founder looking for ideas, that's how I would ask. Because anyone can come up with crazy ideas, but if there's no need, then you're a solution in search of a problem and that's not what you want to be doing. So moving on to idea number four, this came from microconfconnect.com, which is our free Slack community. It's heavily moderated, lots of engagement, really interesting and obviously useful community for breads like this, I asked and folks responded. Idea number four comes from C persley and they said, I would love to see easier OAuth based integrations where you can just drop in a JavaScript snippet. I'd pay for something like this that was commercial and maintained. And they linked to Pizzly, which is a project on GitHub that you can check out. This is OAuth integrations as a service. It's an interesting one. Our fifth idea comes from MicroConf Connect member, Jeff Gates. And he says, software for independently owned airport hotels to rent out extra parking spaces for air travelers. When I think of independent hotels, I think they probably don't want to pay for another piece of software. It's definitely something that I would think about how to have an add-on for each space that's rented so that there is no additional fee to the hotel itself. I do wonder how many independently owned airport hotels there are. So that'd be an early thing I'd be concerned about is how big is this market actually? Second thing I'd be thinking about is how can I build this with as little code as possible? Because this is just basically create, read, update, delete. You put some parking spots in here, you see who pays it, you hook into your Stripe account. There's not much to this, except for ultimately, of course, you'd want a web interface to administer it, and you'd want a mobile app for end users to be able to quickly book a spot as they're on their way to the airport, as I think a lot of us would do, but you don't have to start with that. You could easily start probably with some no code. You know, I can imagine getting manual parking spot numbers from your first three pilot hotels, putting them in a database, and then having just enough of a cobbled together app on the other end to kind of test the idea out. The hard part of this is the uncertainty of, are hotels interested in this? Is it worth their time? Do they have spots that are numbered that other people won't park in? So, you know, you think about the physical needs they're gonna have of putting a sign up to say, don't park here unless you've rented it through this service. So there's. more here than just software, but it's certainly an interesting and creative idea from Jeff Gates. Our sixth idea comes from MicroConf Connect member, Michael Breziel and he says, software to manage dialysis care. Sadly, a growing industry is serving those with kidney failure. It will likely continue to grow a lot more in the future. There are many ways to receive dialysis, including at home. If you provided software to support the at-home dialysis patients, you could potentially partner with service providers like Fresenius, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, to license. So this one, uh, I almost see as a two-sided marketplace, which I'm not a huge fan of. I question if just building software is enough here, or if don't you need providers? And then of course you need patients who are seeking dialysis care. So you need some type of of funnel or, you know, organic search or whatever it is to, to bring those folks. I'm not convinced that purely just software will do this job, but there's also a distinct possibility that I'm not fully grasping the idea as Michael is, is telling it, because this is not an industry that I'm super familiar with. Our seventh and final idea, aside from the bonus idea I'll give you in a second, is from Tim Burgess in MicroConf Connect. And he says, affordable software for reviewing and redlining contracts. A couple of thoughts about this one. I like that he says affordable software because that indicates there probably is software out there, but that it's really expensive. Now, do I wanna enter a space and be the low-cost leader and market myself like I'm the discount dollar store version? I don't. But if all the software is thousands per seat per year and up, there is room for a small bootstrapped or mostly bootstrapped software company to come in and undercut by 20, 30, 40% and still make amazing margins. A lot of these businesses that do have footholds, they do drive their price up over time. And without competition to quote unquote, keep them honest, they just raise prices. And so it does leave a lot of room for upstarts, perhaps like yourself to come in and gain a foothold. Now, with that said, selling into the legal space is pretty challenging. I talk often about customer pain versus competitor pain, and this is definitely a customer pain type of niche where the customers are less technical, they do tend to care about expenses. They sometimes need a lot more support. They need onboarding. They don't move super quickly because there's risk to them. Working with a startup, you you can imagine having an error in a document. That's catastrophic. So they really need to trust you. I'd be A, trying to think about how I would validate this before I'd write much code. And B, I'd be thinking about how can I gain the trust of the space, perhaps by partnering with the, the handful of influencers in the legal space or getting some early logos that are going to give the rest of the space confidence in my product. Next, I'm going to tell you about the idea for an entire category of products. But first, I want to remind you about MicroConf Connect. That's where I got a lot of the suggestions in this video. It's a free online membership community. We host it in Slack and we're approaching 4,000 bootstrapped and mostly bootstrapped SaaS founders who are launching, shipping, growing, and helping one another do it as they go. If you're not part of MicroConf Connect, head to microcompconnect.com. And here it is, the bonus idea from Tash Postolovsky. They say, an emerging category I see is privacy first and GDPR compliant versions of existing SaaS. Both Fathom and Plausible have done incredibly well with privacy first analytics. Other opportunities I see are privacy first split testing, marketing automation, personalization, and advertising. Any popular SaaS that is not GDPR compliant, there's an opportunity to build a GDPR compliant alternative. I have to admit it's a really interesting idea. I wonder can you just make a GDPR compliant tier of your software much like HIPAA is often the enterprise tier of, you know, whatever software you're using or does the marketing really need to focus so much on GDPR that the entire product needs to be that? I'm not sure. If you search for MarTech SaaS, you're gonna see thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands of SaaS companies that have some notoriety. If you look at each of those categories, you start to think which of these is not GDPR compliant yet because a lot of MarTech relies on cookies and third-party cookies and tracking of people to know who bought this when or who clicked on this link when. And can you build a functioning, feasible GDPR compliant version of any of these or all of them? It's a clever lens through which to view ideas and coming up with them. And I appreciate the suggestion from Tash. That's all for today, but if you have a SaaS idea that you'd like to see brought into the world, please enter it below in the comments. And of course, if you enjoyed this video, I would love a like and a subscribe if you're not already subscribed to the channel. We release a video like this every week, tactical deep dives into topics like coming up with ideas, validating them, finding your first 100 customers and more. It's great to have you and I'll see you in the next video.